Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, this is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you once again to the Crystal Silence League Hour. And tonight, we're going to go again into the world of new thought and talk about manifesting reality through the sheer power of will. Join us in just about a minute. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I don't think most people really go anywhere. They're just listening to the radio, and maybe some people are relaxing to the sound of the music. When I first conceived of this show, um, you know, the producers just approached me with it, and I thought about it. I thought, you know, I'd like it to be like music from the hearts of space. Do you ever listen to that on NPR? And it always starts out with the musical themes of the night. It's always very relaxing. It's a uh, new Age music and uh, the New Age composers and it's music just like I play, very relaxing music. It's been called lullaby music, but you know who cares? And the uh, uh, this exactly exactly what I thought. I, I said, yeah, it's going to be like music from the hearts of space. It'll be a spiritual show exactly like that, and that's sort of what I've uh, patterned my show after. And if you've never listened to music from the hearts of space, the host, he has this voice very much like mine, very relaxing like this. And I imagine that um, a lot of people get mellow, shall we say, when they listen to music from the hearts of space. And I've actually borrowed some music now and again from music from the hearts of space. I use the term borrow in its most liberal and relaxed term uh, meaning. And... um, my first uh, theme, I think, was 
for music from the hearts of space, actually. And uh, uh, some of the compositions on music from the hearts of space last 15, 20, 30 minutes. And some of the theme songs that I've borrowed for my own last that long as well. And I've often thought about just having a show where I just say, hi, welcome, relax, get mellow, lay back, and listen to this music. But we are a program of uh, educational content, I like to think. And so tonight we're going to uh, talk about some secrets of uh, mental health, I think, and uh, how to be happy, how to be successful, how to get these in your mind first. All things start with mind. Everything starts with mind. Everything that you have in your life today started as an idea, didn't it? And uh, good or bad, everything had to start first with an idea. Nothing that's ever happened to us or has come into existence happened spontaneously. It had to begin as a thought, including the Crystal Silence League. And for those of you who don't know, this started around 1917 by a very remarkable man named Claude Alexander Conlon who started out as a farm boy in the Midwest and worked his way up to a superstar in vaudeville. He was uh, in on the gold rush in Alaska at one point. He was like a Jack London sort of guy, did a lot of things. Um, uh, his story is quite remarkable. And um, we keep finding out new things about him. We just discovered uh, today, and this is not in any of his biographies in his uh, later in life in his 70s, um, we found a photograph of him, and he had a Shriner's lapel pin, and none of his biographies uh, mentioned it. He was a Shriner, and to be a Shriner, you had to be a Mason. So he was a Mason and a Shriner. This was in none of his biographies, but we did use this just today in a conversation, and uh, we found an article that had a picture of him in his 70s. And uh, so that's a, we, we just keep learning new things about him. And he founded the Crystal Silence League for the purpose <clears throat> of distributing and projecting positive prayer and affirmation for those in need. There was no charge for this. You didn't have to donate or pay anything. And he did this, I believe, because in his later life, he felt he should give back to the world. Um, in his, um, I have three versions of the uh, program that he sold at a show that Alexander's Book of Mystery and the first one which was uh, pr printed around 1908 there's no mention of the Crystal Silence League in the seventh in the second edition around 1917 there is a form to fill out <clears throat> to send a question in in the event that your question was not answered during his show and there was a uh, a fee for postage to get your question returned in the mail. And you also got uh, a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League. It was the first mention of the Crystal Silence League. The earliest we could find was around 1917. So we know that it was founded around that time. And uh, we saw advertisements for the Crystal Silence League around 1917, along with uh, uh, projected drawings of the future home of the Crystal Silence League, which looked rather elaborate. We don't know if that vision ever came to pass. I'll tell you that 
we do have a home for the Crystal Silence League now. It's Missionary Independent Spiritual Church in Forestville, California. I'd also like to tell you that we have the Hoodoo Heritage Festival coming up May 11th and 12th, 2019. And the week before that will be the last, we think, of the apprenticeship programs taught by Miss Cat Ironwood. The, there's no charge for the apprenticeship programs. These are free. If you get there, you can attend them. You, you have to call the shop and arrange to be there, I think. Um, and you can learn to make hoodoo oils and powders and baths uh, for the entire week before. And um, the... Um, May 11th and 12th is the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This is the 12th consecutive year, sponsored by the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches. And if you come there, you you can join the presenters, uh, Reverend John St. Germain, which is me, Miss Cat Ironwood, Lady Muse, Papa Newt, Deacon Millet, Mama E, Angela Marie Horner, Miss Robin, many other special guests, uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, for hands-on workshops and panel discussions in African-American folk magic root work and hoodoo. You can learn practical tricks and tips to take your conjure work to a new level of confidence and knowledge. Not only will you learn spell casting, you'll also learn about the mystery and magic of worldwide folk religions. We're going to have... On Saturday, five one-hour hands-on hoodoo training classes. You will receive take-home goodie bags with spiritual supplies and some brand-new 96-page books. There will be Saturday opening services. There's a free continental breakfast. There will be a buffet lunch, and there will be drinks. You will, of course, have reading sessions. You can schedule readings with your favorite reader. The Saturdays will have a presenter's banquet, which you um, register for separately. There's only um, 50 seats available at the Backyard Restaurant in Forestville. Sunday, there's five more one-hour hands-on hoodoo training classes. Another take-home goodie bags with spiritual supplies and brand-new 96-page books. Another free continental breakfast, lunch, and drinks, and more opportunities to schedule readings with your favorite readers and root work workers. So there's a total of 10 one-hour hands-on training classes, two take-home goodie bags with books and spiritual supplies, a banquet, readings, and root work. I will be your master of ceremonies, by the way for this event and there may be a surprise performance uh, by me replicating Mr. Claude Conlon's famous crystal ball act. The opening ceremony will be by Miss Lady Muse and her gospel company singing gospel songs. The um, lectures uh, will include but may not be um, limited to uh, 
Papa Newt teaching about Catholic folk magic and saints, the presentation of the genuine black and white magic of Marie Laveau by Miss Cat Ironwood, Foot Tracks in the Dust with Papa G, how to collect, work with, and make your own dirts, dusts, and powders in the Southern folk tradition. We may have some special lunchtime entertainment with Dr. Jeremy Weiss on Sunday. How to attract new love with Mr. Deacon Millet. Fertility, childbirth, and baby blessings with Lady Muse. Making and using Jewish amulet bowls with Dr. Jeremy Weiss. Numerology training with Miss Catherine Ironwood with the takeaway book, The Secrets of Numbers, revealed by Godfrey Spencer, Louis de Clermont, and Miss Catherine Ironwood. There'll be a panel discussion. How to Catch Good Luck. There'll be a presentation Sunday, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, with Reverend John St. Germain. The Nine Stages of Court Case and Legal Work, with Miss Robin. There'll be the Business Card Exchange and Building a Professional Psychic Career. A Business Card Exchange, and during this, or after this, the Board of Bishops of the AISC and our pastors will embrace you with a sacred Buddhist token of our love and affection in the form of a blessed kata scarf. And you'll get to take home the 96-page book, The Fortune Teller Guide to Success by Valentina Burton. How can you miss this? This is one of the best ones. Uh, this is the best one, in my opinion, that we have ever planned There'll also be a fundraising sales for our nonprofit organizations, which will consist of books and supplies. Um, the reading tents will be open both days. Our readers will include, but not limited to necessarily, Mr. Deacon Millet, Reverend John St. Germain, Mama E, Miss Cat, Miss Elvira, Ellie Deval. Miss Robin, Papa Newt, Lady Muse, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, Valentina Burton, Mama E. Oh, we said this already. Okay. Uh, oh, that's another list. Okay. Uh, those are our readers. And um, we also have professional massage therapists on board. The event is dog friendly. And um, you will receive a complimentary missionary independent spiritual church fan. Hooray. Our crystal of the week. I'd get to it eventually. Is a crocolite. If you look at crocolite, it's a very unusual looking crystal. I have a big piece of it, big chunk of it in my chapel. And uh, if you look at it, it looks as if uh, two plates of stone were pulled apart while magma was still wet and this kind of uh, mucousy crystal formed in between it. Um, very unusual looking rock. Um, elongated, striated crystals between two other plates. And um, it's not common. It is not common to get a big piece of it may uh, cost you some money. 
but it's it's worth getting even if you get just a little piece of it it's a it's a highly energetic fiery energetic stone just having it around stimulates passion and fire uh it does stimulate the the sacral chakra when you stimulate the sacral chakra you're going to get energetic you'll you'll vibrate with energy so it's very good for depression for sluggishness for uh times when you lack inspiration it will enhance intuition creativity and it will enhance sexuality it's a good thing to have in the bedroom uh when uh clients come to me and say well uh, reverend john things in the bedroom are not quite what they used to be um i I give the client a little chunk of uh, crocolite. I say, just put this by the bed. In about a week, you should notice a difference. It's very good for fire of love spells, Adam and Eve spells. Um, it It's good for uh, achieving breakthroughs. If you're having some kind of block in your life, you can't quite get over the hump, you need that extra oomph. There you go, crocolite. Um they uh, they like to say in the energy work, it's a transformative stone from you know, going from one area from the other. Uh, it, it does help in relationships you know, when you're when you're at a stalling point. Uh, you bring this around and it gives you that little extra fire. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, the healers like to use it to stimulate the endocrine system. If you're feeling uh, emotionally drained in distress uh, having this around or having it on you is very good uh, it's very difficult to make an elixir from it it's uh, it, it's very strange uh, shape so if you make an elixir use the indirect method put it inside a glass jar and submerge the jar in your liquid um, uh, it's it's a unusual color it's a saffron color uh, Sometimes red, sometimes orange, and uh, you'll you'll see the stone change color on you depending on the light that hits it. Um, and um, so people say, "Well, what what do you use it? Sometimes it's pink, orange. Sometimes it's red. Um, mostly mostly it's sacral sacral chakra. That's that's uh, crocolite. It's a very nice stone. I, I like to work with it. The one I have in my chapel is about." Um, nine inches by eight inches a very big piece and uh, it, was, it was it was actually given to me um by someone i worked with uh for a long time to help with some problems and they just uh gave it to me so i don't think i ever would have bought a piece that big um so um uh I'm, i was happy to have it we are located at crystalsilenceleague.org, www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there to post your prayer, uh, many people will pray for you. We get sometimes as many as 200 prayers a week, and that's a lot of prayers. And we do pray for you. Our pastors will print out many of these prayers, uh, as many as 10 a day sometimes more, and put them on an altar with a crystal ball. You can actually see pictures of this on our Facebook page. Do do friend us up on Facebook, and you'll see that we print these out and put them on an altar. If you go to our um, 
are if, if you come to the festival, you'll see Missionary Independent Church, and you'll see the crystal ball altar with prayers under them. It's it's nice to see. Many people have traveled just to see it. If you come to my church in Knoxville, Tennessee, you'll see a crystal ball altar with prayers under them. Um, I print out about four days a week. I, I print them out. I do it on the weekends and in the middle of the week. I print out a lot of prayers. And, of course, I pray for about 40 a week before the show. And if you are a, a member, I think, and you can get to the secret page, and if you're a pastor, um, in the left-hand column, it will say Last Prayer, Tuesday, 0229, and it says by Pastor John, ID number 39. It'll tell you who prayed for you last or which pastor prayed for you last. And so everybody who's on the 40 that I selected today have been prayed for by me today. So I'm going to read some of these out loud, and you're welcome to pray with me. I don't name names. We're always anonymous in the Crystal Silence League. So let's start prayer ID number 80248. Who asks? I ask that you please pray for the removal of any black magic or negative workings that enemies may try to place on me, and I also pray for protection. Amen. And prayer ID 80247, who prays for healing, who prays for KBM, who's her stepmother, who prays, please pray that her recovery is swift and there are no lasting ill effects that my father can feel the strength to overcome his grief in this difficult time. Amen. And prayer ID 80245, who prays, Dear St. Jude, thank you for all that you provide. I am in need of money right now. Please show me what I need to do in order to get some money in the house, please. I need to pay some bills and get some food for me and the dogs. Thank you. Amen. And prayer ID 80244. <clears throat> so Jesus, <clears throat> will the MCFM board approve of my application on February 15th, 2019? I am notified of acceptance to the market on or before February 16th, 2019. I apply for and receive all the permits and licenses needed for the start of the market by March 14th, 2019. Like a love magnet, I attract all necessary materials, a cashier, and help transporting, lifting, setting up. My first day is a success due to all my preparations and God's blessings. Amen. And prayer ID 80243, please, I ask that you all pray N.S. and Michael O. and M.G. reunite and reconnect. Amen. And prayer ID 80242, praying that charges against A.B. will be dropped or dismissed. He is a lost soul who needs God's guidance. Amen. And prayer ID 80241, I pray that JSP's love for me grows and his passion, desire, and longing for me burns. Get some crocolite. 
I pray that he desires to be with me and our relationship gets stronger the longer we're together. I pray that he wants to be with me, grow with me, build a future with me, and comes to me for all of his wants and needs. Prayer ID 80240. Who says, My mom hasn't been feeling well the past few days and seems to be having the flu pretty bad. There's a epidemic right now with the flu. I'm asking for prayers for her to heal quickly. I'm also asking for prayer for protection, good health, and guidance over our family, which includes me, my two young children, my stepson, and my mom. Amen. And prayer ID 80239, who prays, I pray that these pain may leave my knees, back, hips, and feet, and I will walk again in Jesus' name. Amen. And prayer ID 80238, for my child and myself to be always healthy and happy and not have financial worries. Amen. And prayer ID 80237, please, if you know the love angel, please pray that God will send my soulmate to me this year. In Jesus' name, amen. And prayer ID 80235, manifest completely successful and positive results for any surgery I may have. Amen. And prayer ID 80234, oh blessed ones, whom I do not know, may I express my gratitude and appreciation of your support. For years now, no faces or names do I know have prayed for me. Thank you. Today, I pray for you to be blessed in wealth, health, and support in whatever it is you need. Wishes and dreams can come true with health and drive. Sometimes it takes nothing but a moment to make that happen and sometimes a lifetime. With much love, may you be blessed with what you need today and what you need in the future. Thank you. Amen. And prayer ID 80233, my husband's friends, their addict daughter and her children are too involved in his life. They're takers and do nothing in return for all he's done. I pray they show their true colors and GE realizes how they use him and severs ties and stop them contacting him all the time. Let's have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of support and confirmation and affirmation.
Amen. Internal states manifest externally. This is the law. What you believe and what you conceive, you'll achieve for good or bad. What you send out there will come back scratching at your door. This is the law. This is the law. This is the law of creation. We create our own realities. We can't blame fate. We can't blame God. We can't blame the person next door. We create our own realities. And if you under, if you if you study Buddhism, we understand all is karma, and karma is not some mystical force that meets out reward and punishment. Karma is intention. Karma comes in two parts in Buddhism: karma vipaka, intention and its results, action and results. If you drop a stone on your foot, you're going to go ouch. So what you send out comes back. And everything starts with thought. Everything starts with intention. And you can have good intention or bad intention, wholesome or unwholesome intention. And if most of what you do is wholesome, you know, it comes from a good heart, most of what is going to manifest is going to be wholesome and good. If what you manifest starts with rotten intention, it's going to be rotten. You plant a rotten seed, you get rotten fruit. That's the law, right? So what most people want in this life, most people, and you can give me you can give me exceptions, you sure can. Um, but this is not a Facebook debate. Is to be happy. Is happiness. And when people come to me for readings, they say, well, "I just want to be happy." And I'm, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm a spiritual counselor. So I make people do the work. People will um, misunderstand that sometimes, and they'll say, "Well, look at your cards and tell me, is this going to work out? Look at your cards and tell me, uh, is are there other women?" And this is not what I do. I can. My spirits can. But that's not what I do. If I do this binding spell with other women, keep away. Do you know what I hear? I hear I don't have confidence in myself to keep him or to keep her. If I do this binding spell, will other men stay away from my woman? Will other women stay away from my man? What I hear is I don't have the confidence to keep this guy, or I don't, or I don't trust this guy or this woman. And you see, that's the problem. And if if you got to do magic to keep your guy or to keep your woman, that's a problem. Because you shouldn't have to. Ninety nine percent of the world do not, and you really shouldn't have to. So, um, uh, there there's this unfortunate reality that, uh, and, and and if you're doing magic to keep your partner, if you're doing magic to keep your partner, are you really going to be happy? You know, you're going to be hyper vigilant looking for any kind of sign. And the fact is, most people just don't know how to be happy, and most people don't know how to have a relationship, and most people don't know how to be successful. And it begins with thinking, uh, with making a decision. Um, and, you know, uh, our, our brains sort of work against us. Um, most of human evolution was um, in a world that was trying to kill us every time we turned around, right? Uh, 
saber-toothed tigers are trying to eat us. The neighboring tribe was trying to kill us. Um, we're, we're hardwired for survival, to be hypervigilant, to always think the worst case in the world. We're not hardwired to be happy. We're really not. We have to swim against the stream. And and then we t- start thinking about success, and most of us think to be successful, we have to be competitive and climb up on the backs of competitors. So how do you be successful and happy? Um it, it seems like it's difficult, but it, it really isn't. It really isn't. And we want to be successful and we want to be happy. And I'm not capable of giving you an answer how to be happy. I can help you be happier. And for most people, if you're happier today than you were yesterday, that's good enough. You know, if if you're less gloomy today than you were yesterday, hey, that's enough. Um, so a lot of it does involve uh, retraining. And I'm not going to say reprogramming. We're not computers. Retraining. You turn it around. If you start thinking, well, I can't do that, you you stop yourself. and You have to be diligent. You stop yourself and say, well, I can do that. If you say, I don't deserve that, I do deserve that. If you say, I don't trust my husband, I don't trust my wife, you turn it around. You say, I do trust them. It's a decision you make. If you find yourself playing detective, don't. You know, you say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Oh, there's, there's his phone. There's her phone. I'm gonna check and see what's up with that. You say, "No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it." That's how courage works. That's how trust works. That's how love works. You, you make a decision to not be a schmuck, not to be suspicious. And that's very hard for some people. It's very hard. It's hard for all of us. Uh, so you retrain your brain away from the negative mindset and toward the positive mindset. And you're not going to do this overnight. If you've had a lifelong history of this, if you grew up in a household that had a lot of violence and negativity and distrust and chaos, it's going to take a long time. But you do it a little bit at a time. If you If you find yourself doing this, once by instinct if you find yourself reaching for that phone or reaching for that negative thought and you stop yourself once congratulate yourself man have a have a party uh, if you look out instead of saying well you know what what kind of crap's going to happen today and you go no 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 something's good something good is going to happen today uh, man tr- get a donut or something give yourself a reward so uh, celebrate these little victories over the entropy of negativity. Celebrate these little victories. Cause there's a lot trying to pull you down. If if you scroll down your Facebook page and there's all these people telling you how bad the world is, that's something you don't need until you develop a, a thick skin. I, I have a very thick skin for that sort of thing. You know, uh, there's a lot of people uh on my, partic- on my particular Facebook page, there's a whole lot of people all the time talking about how much they hate everything. And uh, it, it skims off my back like water off a duck. I, I just don't they, don't, they don't get in. They're not, they're not welcome in my head. And um, I have uh, a sense of humor, sometimes a dark sense of humor that protects me from this. My whole family does. And some people don't find that an endearing quality if they're around my family. Um, 
they go, oh, God, what's wrong with you all? You all are so grim and um, dark, but some people find it very endearing. So, you know, uh, if you came from a family like the Brady Bunch and you hang around my family a little while, you think we're the Adams family. So, uh, you, you know, my, uh, my friends love us. You know, my friends love me. People who don't, you know, you know, sorry. Uh, so you get these little victories. You uh, you change your mind the way you think. Uh, you know, the classic example of that is, uh, man, I can't afford that. You change that to, okay, how can I afford that? What do I need to do to afford that? Do I need to work longer hours? Do I need to get a second job? Do I need to quit spending all my money on video games? What do I need to do to afford that? I'll tell you, if you start looking at your money, you start budgeting your money, you find you trickle money, um, you waste it. I know I spend about $100 a month on Starbucks. I'll, I'll admit that right now. But you see, I can do that. I budget that. I can do that. I've reached a point in my life where I can spoil myself. Yeah, I can go to Starbucks every morning and get you know a, a venti iced coffee, and um, it's okay. That's in my budget. If I were a student in school on minimum wage, I could never go to Starbucks. You know, I'd, I'd be drinking uh, like the local cheap coffee at JFG, if that. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be drinking a, that coffee that run off of Luther, Luther's boot. You know, but In fact, I did. When I was in school, I drank this awful coffee. Uh, uh, Maxwell House or something. It's awful. And I, I drank it nowhere near as strong as I liked to. When I, when I brew my own coffee at home, it fights you for the right to exist. So celebrate these little victories that you have. Now, life in balance is very important, too. Um, if, if you're too focused on work, that um, you may get ahead at work, but it, you're going to get out of balance. The, uh, also, if you're too focused on love or sex, or anything, um, it creates a tension, an anxious feeling. And you know when you're out of balance. You, know, you feel it. You feel anxious and tense. Uh, I, I've had people come to me, and uh, they just sit there rigid as a board staring at me. And uh, I say, okay, they're, they're on that edge of obsession about something. And, uh, and it takes me a little while. I start using my hypno voice with them. And uh, you know my hypno voice. I use it quite a bit on the show. I, I just start talking to people in a very relaxed voice, and um, you know, tell tell me what's going on. How long how long have the two of you been together? Just mm, 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 mm. oh yeah, mm, 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 mm. oh yeah, mm, yes, yes, and uh, and get that tension. So the tension has to be re- released and. You find out where the where the balance is and reach a balance point, and it's easy to get caught up in something. And uh, you know how you know when you're out of balance when you can't sleep at night. If you can't sleep at night, then you're out of balance. Um, and uh, everyone needs a hobby, and a hobby is anything you invest your time in uh, for which you're not getting paid, and. Uh, you, you put your time in it, and you're not getting paid. Um, 
you, you set aside a corner of your life that's just yours, and you're not getting paid for it. And if your hobby becomes your job, it's not fun anymore. And people, oh, I love my work. I love my work. Yeah, I love my work too, but it's my job. And uh, there's uh, there are things I do just for fun. And I won't accept my – people say, oh, you could do that for a living. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be fun anymore. It would be my job. And don't get me wrong. I love my job, but my job is my job. I don't do it for fun because if I do something for fun, I'm not taking it seriously. You should never have fun with your job. I, don't argue with me about that. No. If you're doing it for fun, you're not taking it seriously. And uh, you can enjoy your work. You can love your work, but – don't do it for fun because you're not giving your client the best of you. And I, I know you go, oh, no, no, I love I, I have a great time at my job. But then, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You will. Suppose there's a concert pianist. Okay, he's playing difficult pieces. I mean, just, God, just terribly. And he goes, well, I'm just going to go have fun with it. You know, now, you know who did this? Liberace. He was a great pianist, but listen to what other great pianists like Glenn Gould, uh, uh, oh gosh, um, and what others said about him. They said, yes, he had a great time playing the piano, and he was very sloppy. He made he would take difficult passages and gloss over them and leave parts out. Because he he was busy having fun, you know he'd flirt with the audience and make jokes and stuff, and and I love Liberace as an entertainer, but listen to him play and then listen to Glenn Gould play and you'll see a big difference. Glenn Gould was dead serious when he played, and he loved playing. Glenn Gould loved playing, but he wasn't having fun with it. So see anyway, it's a long point I'm getting to here. Um, now, mindfulness is very important. Um, this is mindfulness is very important to being happy, and uh, you know loving your job doesn't mean you're not happy doing your job. By the way, you don't have to be grim. Don't be grim. Just do a good job. When you do a good job, there's a great satisfaction knowing that you did a great job, that you did a good job. Um, but you also got to have something that you do for fun. You got to balance fun. Uh, mindfulness means that you're in the moment. That's all in the world it means. It means you're paying attention. People say, well, what is mindfulness? It means you're paying attention. You're in the moment. You're 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 paying attention. You're not doing something and your mind is somewhere else. You know, you're not you're not uh, performing a task and then you're thinking about what you're going to do later. You're not thinking about the past or the future. You're you're thinking about what you're doing right now. And sometimes you're not even thinking. You're just doing. You're doing. And uh, what studies have shown is that people who are in the moment are very relaxed and if you're very relaxed and you're in a blissful state uh, it decreases your stress and people who are uh, experiencing low amounts of stress we can describe that as a state approaching happiness I think now um, creativity I believe is necessary for happiness now you know we think about artists you know being brooding and uh, and dark, but I, I, most of the people I know that are creative are very happy. Um, that brooding artist uh, stereotype is very rare. It's very rare. Um, 
uh, you do have the angry young geniuses, you know, the angry geniuses and the brooding geniuses and stuff. Um, but most people I know that are that are creative, uh, they they really dig it and have a good time with it. Um, so, um, but I'm talking about creative activities, bringing something into existence that didn't exist before. Very satisfying, as long as you don't analyze yourself to death, you know, and start, you know, start thinking, oh, well, man, man, that, that sucks. You know, it's no good at all. Don't, don't judge yourself to death because you have to accept that nobody's perfect. You know, you got to give God permission to be perfect and have fun with it. You know, have fun with it. And, uh, I want to tell you that overanalyzing and trying to be perfect at stuff is a great obstacle, um, there's uh, this obsessive perfectionism that that can happen. It will stop you in your tracks. You will never be productive if you're perfect. There are two. If you're professionally uh, creative, like if you're an artist or if you're a writer, there there's two parts of creativity: lyrical and critical. The lyrical part is the madness of creativity. This is when you let's say you're writing. You just write. Don't don't try to edit it. You just dive into it and write. Let the words flow. Don't don't try to uh, judge yourself on spelling or grammar or anything. Just boom, surrender to the story. If you're doing a story, fiction, whatever, get the ideas on paper. Just start writing. You say, okay, that uh, okay, that was uh, I spelled that wrong. Don't don't no. Okay, there's a better way to say it. no no because you can always go back and edit. That's the critical part. If you try to do lyrical and critical at the same time, these are different modes. Left brain and right brain at the same time, no, you can't do it. And if you try to switch back and forth too much, you're going to stop yourself in the tracks because that that uh, critical mode, that's your perfectionistic mode. And that's going to stop the creative. You, you cannot be lyrical and critical at the same time. You can't be left brain and right brain at the same time. You can't. There's a thing called the Stroop test that proves that. So let the madness flow. You know, same thing if you're painting. Um, there's plenty of time to go back and get the eyebrow right, or what? You know, get the color balance right. You surrender to the madness of creativity. Be lyrical. Let let the let the art flow. And then, then you step back and you say, okay, now, how do I get the color, get the, the colors balanced? Get the red down here to match the red up there. Uh, tweak this and tweak that, but don't overwork it. You know, you, you do a, a first draft, you do an editing, then you let it go. Because I, I'll tell you, I, I've written about sixty books. I have written about 60 books, and I'll tell you that it's easy to write a book, but it's hard to finish a book. It's hard to let it go. So the best way to be happy is do something that you love. Um, Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. What do you love to do? I, I've, I've asked people, they said, what, what What do you love to do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't found it yet. I bet when you were a little kid, you did. Um, go back to when you were a little kid. What'd you, what, when you were a little kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you know, I want to be a superhero. Well, I, being a superhero kind of sucks if you think about it. You watch these movies and read comic books. Oh man, those guys, their their lives are terrible. If you ever read um, about Batman or Spider Man, oh man, their lives are terrible. You don't want to be a superhero. 
um, they're angsty, very angsty lives. But what do you want to be? They used to ask me that. And I'll tell you, the earliest I can remember, I mean, like kindergarten, six years old, I wanted to be a wizard. <laughs> they said, well, you'll be where you grow up. I want to be a wizard. And they go, what's wrong with this kid? And my mom wanted to be a plumber or an electrician, you know, a good solid trade. I, no, I'm, man, no, I'm going to be a wizard. I was practicing magic and stuff. I'm going to be a wizard. And you know what? I grew up to be a wizard. You know, I did. And it's the greatest thing in the world to be a wizard, you know, to work to work spells and magic and stuff. It's the greatest thing ever. And uh, I'm one of the very few people who actually fulfilled my childhood dream. Uh, it wasn't easy. There were lots of setbacks. And, you know, days I just sat there and said, man, how am I ever going to do this? And, uh, but uh, I always pushed forward. And there there were times I I was down deep in the pit. I was deep in the pit, pit and I didn't see, I couldn't, so deep in the pit, I couldn't see the top. And I just said, how in the world am I going to get out of this? And uh, th- there were days I said, I, I can't do this. And then I had to turn it around. Basically, I'd eat a bunch of donuts, you know, and then say, okay, I've eaten a bunch of donuts, now I'm okay. Drink some coffee, eat some donuts, and say, okay, time to get up and start working again. Um, but but do it. You know, the idea is you just keep doing it. And um, um, a lot of people think money will make them happy. It won't. Money won't make you happy. Um, money in and of itself is a job. It's a burden. Um and what money you have, use it productively. Uh, there are people who make a million dollars a year and they're always broke because they spend it. There are people who have won the lottery and it destroyed their lives. Um, there, there are people who don't make a lot of money at all, but what money they have, they use it productively. And they're very happy. And I've I've had a lot of money in my life, and I've had a little bit of money in my life, and um, it's not made that much of a difference to me. I've been rich and I've been poor, and I can't think of what how much what difference it was. It was sad one time. There was one time I I, I couldn't buy my son anything for Christmas, and I wrote him an IOU, and uh, then. Shortly after that, I could, and uh, I always felt bad about that, but he told me that was one of the best memories he has of getting an IOU for Christmas because I said, I wrote, I owe you one cool gift, and uh, I felt so bad about that, but he told me that was a really good memory because basically I took him to the store, and I said, you can have anything you want, and uh, being a little kid, he picked out you know, something big and not very expensive, and, uh, and I bought it for him but he said that was one of the best memories he had getting an IOU for Christmas so um, you know that that to me was how I don't know that was a very bad time but um, it turned into a good time now one of the things that I've always had a um, mixed feelings about are these uh, motivational guys that say cultivate an attitude of gratitude an attitude of gratitude I said okay Gratitude for what and to whom? We'll be grateful to God, okay? I don't believe God is a person. Um, so if I'm going to be grateful, I want to know grateful for what and to whom am I being grateful for? 
Um, so it's like, you know, thank you, God. You know, thank you for my life. No, thanks to my parents for my life. And uh, thanks to the universe. That uh, It's not possible to conceive of the universe. You know, thanks to the creative divine mind. You, you cannot personalize these things. So um, there's a projection of gratitude onto these abstracts. And, and no one no one is going to tell me they have a personal relationship with God. God is infinite. God is omniscient. And we cannot, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a projection thing going on. So to whom are we gratitude? But, and yet gratitude is a necessary thing. We have to give back. So let's be gra- grateful to our brother, our brothers and sisters. Let's be grateful to our brothers and sisters. We should be grat- grateful. We should be grateful because otherwise we become cynical. But let's not be grateful to abstracts. We should see we should see the God in every human, every animal, every living thing, every every aspect of creation. Everything is alive. Every object, every tree, every rock and stone has the spark of life. And we should be grateful to these things, and we should be grateful to the things that can be grateful back to us. And uh, if we have that gratitude, if we're moving through life and the people that we interact with, we're grateful to them just for being there. You will project out a radiant energy and and the world responds to it. But let's not be grateful to abstracts. Let's not be grateful to the universe. Uh, it's too too much. Be specific in your gratitude. Be more specific in your gratitude. It's just a suggestion. So be generous with your gratitude and be specific with it. Being generous is not just a feeling, it's action. So be generous with your time and be generous with your money. You see someone in need, give 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 them a hug. If you, if you can't give them money, give them a kind word. Help them with something. It does not hurt you at all. Um, it doesn't hurt you at all. Um, music. I know people who never listen to music. I, I just don't get it. Uh, um, it's been shown in studies that music changes the dopamine and serotonin levels of the brain. If you need to boost your um, mood, music. I, I just don't understand that. I, I know people who never listen to music. And... Um, now, that's all I can say about that. If you're down, you want to get up, music. It's a quick fix for me, just a very quick fix. I say, okay, I'm going to have a music break. And I put on I, – I, there, there, there's a list of music I have that I don't care. If I'm dying of leprosy, I could put this on and I would be happy. Yeah, I just have a list. My list wouldn't work for you, I don't think. But, you know, you've got to have your own list. 
you know, what's your what's your feel good music? It's like, okay, I got to have a dose of this and a donut and coffee. Also, self honesty. Know yourself. Don't don't deceive yourself about yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Know yourself. I think if you know yourself, you'll be happy. Know yourself. Um, spend a lot, spend some time every day. Spend a lot of time getting to know yourself. And don't deceive yourself. I, I talk to a lot of people, and I'm going to tell you, there's a law I have. Um, I have a series of axioms about people, and St. Germain's axiom number one is everybody lies. And the corollary of that is everybody lies on social media. If you try to get to know people on social media, you're getting to know uh, fabrications. It's, it's fabric. It's fiction. Everybody's a fiction writer on social media, and you know, you, oh, no, no, not me. Yeah, yeah, you are. And everybody lies, and people lie without knowing it. People will go to a psychic reader like me and, uh, you know, tell me about yourself, and they'll tell me about myself, and my spirits are going, no, that's not right. And anyone who's in counseling will tell you this. You'll you'll spot inconsistencies in their stories if you listen to them long enough. And it's not so much that they that people deliberately lie, but... A lot of times they do because there are things we just don't tell people, and there are things we don't tell ourselves. We'll, we will rewrite our history in our minds to something that we can live with better. But don't lie to yourself, and we do that too. We go back in our past and say, okay, this is the way I'd rather remember it. And, you know, we don't really store memories. We recreate memories when we remember them. We don't store them. We recreate them. And we don't always, if at all, remember things the way they really happened. So be honest with yourself as much as you can and know yourself. And I guess the last thing I'd like to leave you with right now, we're running out of time, um, um, is to connect with people. The the biggest problem with addicts and depressed people is they don't have a network of supportive people. Build meaningful relationships with people. Well, thanks for having a meaningful relationship with me. We'll see you next week, and we'll talk more about this. Um, we'll talk more about building the positive mind state necessary to project outward. So, Hey, you know, the Reverend loves you, and um, we'll see you next week on the Crystal Silence League Hour. We'll try not to miss next week. It depends on our weather here.